1: Nebraska preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla.
0: That's the voice we love to hear. That means I get another week with my main man, Jacob Padilla. Don't mind my voice. I don't know what's going on. We've had a lot of weather changes. We have been outside in the rain trying to prep for this time of the year, which is
1: playoffs.
0: So that makes it fun, my man, JP.
1: What's up, buddy? Well, I hope we get all the, uh, the rain out of the way today. So kind of a... Nice uh, clean weekend for some football. Are you old enough to remember the Eurythmics? Annie Lennox? No.
0: All right. Well, here comes the rain again. I just had to throw that in, but it's not funny because Jacob is like half my age.
1: <laughs> but anyway,
0: I say all that to say he's really good at what he does. So that's really all I care about, and he keeps me young. All this grandma my beard. You make it a lot easier. How was the week, man? I mean, you're you're double dipping. Your volleyball team's hot down on at the old state school really getting it in gear. Uh got a big one tonight against Wisconsin. Yeah. They sent a couple of messages here in the last couple of weeks to the rest of the Big 10 that I think they've kind of got their substitution pattern and their lineup figured
1: out. Yep, still one or two things I think that they need to um kind of dress and iron out, but they're playing at a really high level right now and yeah, it's kind of crazy week. Uh I've got basically every beat that I cover going on all at the same time this week. I've got tonight got the uh men's basketball exhibition. Going to head over for at least a little bit of that. Are you going are you going to be a Bobcat or are you going to be impartial? <laughs> I I'm impartial. There's uh Bruce State yeah. does wear Carolina blue. <laughs> uh, it's at least good for me. It's not as good for you as it is for me, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so it would be fun just to see those guys get out there for the first time, watch the first half or whatever, then head over to volleyball and we got Nebraska, Wisconsin, and then we got football this weekend. We got playoff football on Friday. Heck, um, post-season volleyball has started, but I can't even get to that because of everything else going on. So, um, yeah, bi- busy time, but excited to have all this stuff to cover this week.
0: When you saw the wild card, the PowerPoint pairings. Any matchups where you thinking, oh gosh, that's interesting. I didn't kind of see that falling that way, or ones that grabbed your attention, like man, if you would have done it just a little bit different in the regular season.
1: Yeah, i I honestly don't pay a ton of attention to the points during the regular season because uh, I just like that. That's a lot of math, a lot of uh, thinking that um, I really don't need to do. I just kind of wait until everything falls out and then uh, take a look at what the final. Um, What the final standings are, but um, definitely some interesting uh, matchups in kind of the middle middle of Class A and um, some good ones in B as well.
0: Yeah, so when you're taking a look at competitiveness, let's start with last week kind of recapping how it ended. A couple of surprising scores. One game in which you're very well versed in because you saw it firsthand. I think the shocker. Of the week was Lincoln Southeast getting obliterated, or excuse me, not Lincoln Southeast, Lincoln East getting obliterated in their final game, 52-7. Message sent?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and even that seven was on the final play of the game on a play that pretty blatant OPI there, just two hands shoving the back on the defensive back to be able to catch that touchdown. So uh, the rest were like, eh we'll let it go we didn't see anything so um even that they, they just did not get anything going until the very end of the game no explosive plays until the last drive or two um for a team that lives on explosive plays and prep just dominated the trenches um they're, they're playing at a really uh, high level right now and they they lost sharma brown on the right. first drive of the game uh took four carries uh went down hurt his ankle hopefully he'll be all right for this week uh, but jack sessman stepped in and Ran Lincoln East's inability, East inability to tackle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, weird. its ugly head. Yeah, ran through a few different defenders a number of times. And on the other side, uh, one, Noah Walters didn't have a ton of time to throw. Two, Prep did a great job of covering the screens and making short completions stay for short gains. And then three, uh, the receivers have been so good all season. They had a number of drops. Um, uncharacteristic. So it was just a complete um, domination by Prep in all phases of the game. They had a blocked punt that they scooped up and returned for a touchdown. Um, a QB hit led to an interception uh, off a tip. Um, so they, they just had all kinds of things going their way, and uh, Prep has to be feeling pretty good about where they are heading in the postseason as long as Brown is healthy. Uh,
0: less impressed by kind of. Burke's offensive ineptness or more impressed by Coziel and company and kind of that offense finding a way to really stymie Burke and a pretty convincing win without their best player. Yeah. Engaged and, Stanger.
1: Yeah, and, and I think we, we feel pretty good about that defense and um, what, what they've kind of evolved into throughout the season. Um, so holding them to basically seven points until right at the end, they got a, a late touchdown um, or a late score there. But um, – yeah, that, that was impressive. They, they're they doing what they need to do. Cozio, which is obviously a fantastic yeah.
0: athlete. You don't go to Vandy yeah. uh, and commit as a junior and not be very good at your craft. So we know he's a good athlete.
1: Yeah, so he stepped in there and he's done his job. And obviously we know they've got a lot of skill guys for him uh, to get the ball to. Um, Christian Nash, I think, has stepped up, continued to play well in, in the ground game over the second half of the season after we weren't quite sure early on if uh, – about their ability to establish that um just based on a couple of the early games. So yeah, Millard South is um I guess we'll see kind of how long this, uh this Stenger injury lasts, but even without him, you, you feel like they've got a chance to um stay in every game because so, some close to that defense. program
0: felt like he could have gone Yeah. last week if he had to. But you, the thing about hamstrings is you just
1: never, never know. know. You get out there and something could happen. Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: Um, are you concerned at all for Burke offensively, who have shown some real lulls in terms of moving the ball against quality opponents? They don't have a win against a team with a
1: winning record. Well, um, pretty good uh, matchup in the first round there with uh, Lincoln Southeast. Who has yeah, had something's some got to give, right? Yeah.
0: Because Lincoln Southeast only has the win over Grand Island, which is the only team on their win-loss record column with a winning record. Well, with a winning record
1: yeah so that, that that is definitely one of the more intriguing uh i think first round uh, obviously it's intriguing tens. for me because yeah. we get the winner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very much so but uh so yeah it, it's gonna one of those teams is gonna have to figure out something on offense to be able to consistently play well in at least one phase of the game um and but they've got athletes on both sides of the ball uh for both those teams it's just how how well can the respective units play together, um, one through 11, out there on the field? Yeah,
0: so, you know, there wasn't a ton of movement, obviously, in Class A. You obviously had the coin flip. Um, you know, they
1: almost had prep East round two, but uh, I like the way that uh, it shook out the other way because now we get uh, Gretna and Lincoln East facing off. Yeah, which should be
0: highly entertaining. But if you're Lincoln East little pause for concern defensively you've been a little oh, yeah. leaky and I, and i'm going to say this cuz i think it's relative to the expectation level of the teams with one loss or less i think gretna for whatever the reason still has the most critics i look at them is the most dangerous of the good teams. People will say, yeah, preps a sleeper, this, that, and the other. Gretna had a very, very good Elkhorn Southeast team on the ropes. One play here, they score on that drive to go up 28, and it may be a wrap. It yeah. may be 9-0, and Gretna. I think they're better, much better, than some of their critics and yeah-butt guys say.
1: Yeah, and... That being said, they also end, end the year on a 27-20 win uh, against Papillion the Vista. And papio has been uh, pretty scrappy in some of the games this year. Um, obviously, you experienced that. Um, yeah. A few, few other, and they've had some close losses against some good teams. Uh, but they've also been handled by some others. Uh, obviously, the the prep win at uh, week two kind of stands out and a couple others. So they're a tough team to figure out. But um, 27-20, um, Gretna wins, and I think the thing about Gretna is they they haven't quite been as explosive as you yeah. would think they could be with a guy like Flores at quarterback. You just kind of look at the overall offensive numbers and um and and the point totals and things like that, and you, you kind of feel like eh, you kind of feel like they could have done some of the things that that East has done, just in terms of having that level of a quarterback mm. and um and some good skill guys around him. So um, they're a tough team to figure out. Um, but that'll be a heck of a, a good game in the first round. And where are you setting the over-under on passing yardage? Well, I'm going to put it at about 780.
0: <laughs> no, I'm where, serious. Where, where are
1: you setting the over-under on rushing yardage? Man, I kind
0: of like Huber. He's
1: kind of sneaky good.
0: Um, How about 140?
1: Ooh, I'm taking the under on that really i don't think uh, i don't 70 know a piece i don't know that they're getting much help from east on that side of the ball so yeah, well, that's,
0: that's a good point yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a really good point if you're it, looking it, at it
1: and if he gets a, an early touchdown or two then uh, how much is gretna going to stay with the the run game um so that, that that'll be a fun one uh for sure i think, I think for hail varsity greg smith's going to be on the scene for that one.
0: Oh, i always love the plug right we
1: yeah, Varsity is big with what we do.
0: Why not? Go ahead, then, Greg Smith. I'll see you Saturday for the Purdue game. Um, so when you're kind of looking at the matchups, do you like the fact that North Platte has to turn right around and, and play Columbus again?
1: Yeah, um, that, <laughs> that, that was a 38-28 win for Columbus. Too closer, closer than to I thought, though. We talked and to Coach Rice on Friday. he's They've been impressive kind of handling what they do and no genitone in that one i believe yeah. um you know uh what the story is there i don't actually okay. so he's they played it pretty close yeah, to the yeah so, so i that'll be uh,
0: i listen i don't, I don't
1: speculate yeah that, that that'll that'll be a key in that game because again they they gave up uh 38 points without him uh and brock robley still ran for uh 165 yards, but defensively, uh, they're going to need Genitone uh, against uh, Columbus to, to kind of get, uh, get that one back here uh, in the postseason. So um, it's just this they, one will be they, at North Platte, so they'll get a, to host that one. And, again, we'll, we'll see what happens with Genitone. I know you can make the case that Shadron and North Platte
0: have the two greatest advantages of any teams in the playoffs, and I think Shadron's a four-seed in their class, so they, they probably – if Seeds Hole could get two home games in North Platte, very dangerous to travel. I know, shoot, at Westside or North or any of my other stops, I didn't like going to Lincoln, let alone yeah. heading out to North Platte. That community is all in on what that team has been able to do.
1: Yeah, and so without genitone, Columbus ran for 341 yards at 7.5 yards a pop, four touchdowns. Mm. And they also had a passing touchdown, uh, North Platte 0-2 for 2 passing and both – uh, both passes were intercepted. So... Um, Keep uh, it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, but they're, they're going to need uh, had Brody Mickey, kind of a dual threat quarterback there. Liam Blazer carrying the load. So, um, and then Ernest Hausman as a receiving threat. So they're going it, to need... It was weird. John he to never tone.
0: flashed one time. I watched the Bellevue West Columbus game. It was yeah. interesting how he inexplicably didn't
1: flash in, in the 62 nothing final. Yeah. And it... I haven't seen them yet this year, so I haven't quite seen how they've tried to to use him. Um, I, uh, we've seen obviously some other very talented players that uh, teams have struggled to get involved consistently. Whether it be Jake Appleget, I think Devin Jackson is getting like one or two touches a game on offense yeah, for Burke. I'm so. telling you
0: that Burke Southeast game again yeah. for multiple reasons. Obviously, if we get past Papio South, we get the winner. But two teams, I don't feel like I have a good handle on what they're capable of. Yeah. Um, so when you're taking a look at like the bottom half, not necessarily the bottom half of that bracket, because our our listeners uh, may not be looking at it real time. Is there anything that kind of catches your eye in terms of favorable matchups where you, that, that kind of has your attention. Everybody kind of likes prep as a sleeper. I keep hearing that. I don't know how much a team that's won as many games in a row as they have and started to really hit their stride can be a sleeper, but Hey, I mean, if you're not, Obviously, Miller South or Bellevue West, and I guess that makes you a sleeper.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you look at those top six, and you feel pretty good about that being a separate tier from kind of seven through the rest there um, with kind of some of the issues we talked about with some of those mid-tier teams. Is there a um, lower
0: seed from nine on down that you could see being a problem?
1: So we got... Uh, it's,
0: so that would be... that's
1: Lincoln East, good. obviously, if they... if. If that was a wake-up call, if they're gonna bring a little bit more physicality. Um, obviously with um, that passing game you can always you're never out of a game. Um, yeah, you,
0: you've got you've got Columbus as a nine. You've got Southeast, Southeast. as a 10. Uh, your 11 is stuck all the way down on the other half in Grand Island. Who's got prep? yep uh, your, your 12 is Lincoln East. your 13 is Kearney. Your 16 is North. Your 15 is Papiola Vista South, and your 14 is Papiola Vista. Is there a team nine or down
1: that has your attention at all? As I said, I think it's definitely East, just in terms of looking at kind of the the upside of those teams. Because I think a lot of those teams, even if they, they play at a high level um, to what they're capable of. did you I, see Grand
0: Island upsetting Prep?
1: I don't think so, the way they're playing. I I was I went out and watched you guys play Grand Island in um, – uh Fife is is honestly maybe the most versatile um, player in the state. Definitely up there, uh, yeah, certainly well, they, in Class A.
0: They threw him a smokescreen with a 15-yard head start. It's, they got him in trips. He was 15 yards off the ball. He got a running start. They threw him the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and he's a
1: load. They do that about once a game, too. You look <laughs> at um, kind of his weekly box scores. He's got handful of uh, receiving yards. Obviously, uh, they're leading rusher. Um, complete a few passes here, um, Got plays defense as well, racks up the tackles. So um, <laughs> there aren't many players doing more for their team than uh, Kite and Fife right now, especially with Gage Stenger uh, on the sidelines. So um, I, I just don't know that they've got um, enough there um, to be able to – because, man, prep's defense has been awesome this they year. So. They, they've been so good. Yeah. So, um, They've de- they've definitely been lights up. I think Grand Island will compete. They'll make that t- that game tough early on, but I just don't know if they'll be able to hang in it, uh, especially if prep brings kind of the same level of energy that they had last week. Um, just the way they dominated uh, in the trenches and kind of set that tone from from the jump. Um, so I just you, you look at like if if Carney, if um, Grand Island, if uh, even Columbus, these teams kind of play up to um, their A game or so. I I just don't know if those are. That level is high enough to knock off um, the, the higher seeds unless uh, something happens, and the, and they're playing their um, C minus D game. Whereas I think East, just because of that explosive potential, can jump up and have more of an outlier. I guess a, a above their level type of performance. That would be the Noah Walters show. I mean, yeah,
0: he would have to carry those guys because defensively. They have been a little leaky. Yep, so. a, a little leaky. Okay, so, sir, I know you said Southeast Burke is is interesting. Is that the one that you think is the best matchup? Usually, seven tens are. I mean, eight nine is a repeat because eight nine seven ten obviously historically are the most balanced, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the matchups shake out that way.
1: Yeah, I've, I've got the. Um, the the Burke Southeast the North Platte Columbus just kind of the the rematch factor of it and it was competitive game but again we'll see uh, don't know about genitone. and, and then Gretna Lincoln East is probably kind of the the three most interesting I think first round matchups just in terms of wouldn't be surprised to see either side win there um, did you allow yourself to go to the second round which
0: could be nothing short of fantastic
1: I have not really got there that yet um, I figured but
0: I mean, oh, you man. could potentially get a Millard South if seeds hold. You'd get a Millard South North Platte. You'd get a. You'd get a Gretna Elkhorn South
1: rematch that. One. that you'd could get fun. a.
0: You'd get a Bellevue West Creighton Prep
1: another rematch that one was competitive and as well. You'd get a Burke West Side. I mean, that's. <laughs>
0: that's pretty good.
1: That's that's pretty good, if seeds hold. Yeah. Yeah, I, again, with kind of the number that we were talking about, I feel like there's six really good teams with uh, a few others that have a chance to kind of jump up in there. That definitely sets the stage for a really good second round and beyond. Um, because, And we've already seen a few of those matchups, but um, I really do like the way that this bracket is shaking out.
0: I know statistically you spent a good chunk of time putting together stats for some class leaders, when you're look, you were composing these numbers,
1: and you're kind of looking at them. Uh,
0: what what stuck out to you?
1: Yeah, I, I think nobody's surprised to uh, see Noah Walters at the top of the passing chart there. Uh, almost sixty seven percent completion, three hundred twenty eight yards a game, thirty nine touchdowns, and four interceptions. Pretty pretty decent that's year. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. pretty, um, pretty good. So that and that's yeah. That, he was far and away. There wasn't even anybody close. We talked about Flores. Had a really good year. He was number two. Johans- Luke Johansson uh, at WS. Carter Sintek at Fremont. And Nick Shin is from uh, Papillion the Vista. Kind of round out the top five there. Uh, rushing, uh, El- missed one Mr. LJ Richardson, uh, top of the chart. Okay, so I just got to say this. I'm yeah. glad you brought him up.
0: For as good a player as he is, do you scratch your head at week after week, he almost never comes up. He's an amazing high school football player,
1: and it's every week. He's one fifty plus. It's every week
0: yeah. penciling in yeah. twenty for one sixty roughly, and it's like, oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I guess we'll see Bobby
1: West in the play. Like, yeah, he's way good. And uh, obviously, once we get to B, the the numbers are silly there with some of those running backs, but. Just one hundred and fifty three carries for one thousand five hundred and thirty seven yards and twenty seven touchdowns it's ten yards a carry one hundred and seventy yards a game
0: yeah and the interesting thing is you pit it against some other guys in a, adam rizak who's yeah. who's one fifty eight for one thousand one hundred and sixty eight yards He got seventeen touchdowns he's only played seven games, yeah. but you're looking – i mean some of these guys that are running the football it just- it, explosive and it's like yeah. You know L.J. Richardson, Dom Rizak.
1: like these guys are really good. Yep, to Sean Porter at uh, North, Micah Moore at Fremont. Maybe Charmer the Brown best Prop. Porter may be the best kept seeker he, going. He's finished the season
0: really strong too, and he gave us problems from Omaha North. He was he's faster than he looks, but man, does he chunky! I've been watching this Burke North film and trying to get ready for. You know, Southeast or Burke, depending on what happens. You know, you always want to be prepared. You don't assume you you went against Papio South, but well, he just kept flashing. I'm like, yeah. we don't even play North, yeah. but you <laughs> just kept saying, this guy for North break these long runs. You're thinking, ah, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. So,
1: and we know they've had some pretty good ones come through there in yeah, yeah, that backfield. A, they've <laughs> had a few, right? The sarbos the Sarbaugh's, the, yeah.
0: the Calvin Strongs, the Xander Greys, <laughs> the Jordan Strongs. It's
1: been a handful. Yeah. Um, and receiving no, no surprise. Uh, Cooper Erickson, Noah Walters' favorite, uh, one yard shy of a thousand yards, which is incredible. Uh, 50 catches, 12 touchdowns, 111 yards a game, 20 yards a catch. Uh, he just had a fantastic season. Drew Sellin from Fremont, Caden Helms from Bellevue West, Keyshawn about, Williams how, how from How about North. Caden
0: Helms last three or four weeks?
1: Man, I, whew, the second half of the season, he turned Bellevue West, uh, over their last five games, they outscored their opponents 286 to 50, and they haven't played the toughest teams, but they, they still got to execute a high level. To be able to do that—that's 57 to 10 per game. I don't, I don't think is
0: within 90 points scored of WS, and that includes Miller South. Yeah, when you look at total points scored, yeah, I mean they, that 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 offense has found a way to get it in gear, and I don't think it's any coincidence when they settle in at the quarterback spot. Kind of figured out who they wanted to be. I think the Millard South loss was the best thing for that program going forward,
1: if they wanted to, you know, get dialed in and focused again. Yeah, and defensively, Vince Gentatone leading the way in tackles. No surprise there. Thirteen a game. Um, Mason Limbach from Fremont, who closed out the season with 22 tackles in their last in a 42-41 um, uh, overtime win uh, against Lincoln Pius the 10th. Um, Twenty-two tackles is absurd. Yeah. He's, he's pretty ridiculous. So that's his his health definitely matters. Yeah. Cole so. Ballard,
0: Elkhorn South matters. Dom Rizak, health matters. <laughs> I mean, genitone health matters. Gage Stinger, health matters. Yeah. You could maybe make the case for Sharmar Brown. I love Stessman. I like John Pargo. But
1: Yeah, Stessman is a really good back and a really good complimentary piece, but that was his. First real big game, and mm-hmm. we talked about kind of East uh, defensive issues. So, it, I don't think we can assume that he's just going to slot in and run for a buck ninety every game without Brown. <laughs> uh, I, I think it, you'd <laughs> much Penn, rather Penn, have oh, you'd much rather have Brown back there than stessman as kind of the, the change of pace, and then obviously the Georgie again with the fullback traps. And um I think that that running game is really tough to deal with when you're at full strength. So,
0: yeah, real quick, let's jump over to B just because. Um, it's going to be highly, highly competitive. Did the seeding surprise you?
1: Uh, no. We talked about um, just kind of the the wild card points there with Plattsmith and uh, kind of the team that the teams that Aurora oh, man, had played. Uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, by the way, here comes Aurora. Yeah, it, man, it's exactly what they did last year. It's kind of slow start. Wasn't really sure what they were going to be, and then man, did they turn it on and. 50 14 win over a, a pretty solid sewer team to close out the season to set uh, to send a message that hey uh, we're ready for the postseason.
0: So for you, I want to go to eight nine real quick with GI Northwest Waverly, uh, and then the seven ten, which I think is tough in Scottsbluff and Beatrice. We like Beatrice though, don't we?
1: Yeah, and they 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 had a rough. Uh, Last few weeks there and schedule got uh, real, yeah, and closed out with the 48 34 win over Crete. So you can feel good kind of heading into the postseason, a win. But that, yeah, Scott's has been tough this year. That running game is no joke,
0: place you don't want to travel.
1: That, that's the other part of it, too. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a full six hours, all of it. If you're coming from the Met, if you know, if
0: you're Scott or somebody, you, you know, but uh, and and speaking of which, I'd circle that one. That, that Scut-Norris game, you talk battle-tested versus the health of Scut.
1: How about that one for an opener for the defending Class B champs? Yeah. Uh, Norris is a pretty darn good sub-500 team, I'd say. Finish at 4-5, and five, but that's Who almost... Who haven't they played? Exactly right. They've played basically every playoff team, uh, uh, every top-10 seed on their schedule this season. And, uh, they, and they've been competitive some of those and closed out the... Close out of the season fifty nine forty two triple over team loss against Waverly. Yeah, that's that Scott, tough.
0: That. Hey, listen, if you're listening, that that's a six <laughs> eleven. Scott is a six seed in Class B. That just lets you know. And they that, they've that, had that, so that,
1: many issues this year. The, uh, the
0: depth of Class B. Yeah,
1: they've had so many injury issues. They never quite got it clicking offensively between um kind of the offensive line the quarterback um guys coming in and out of the backfield um they, they, it's it has definitely not been a typical scut year but i mean postseason comes around you figure that's that's a time when they kind of play their best football how'd you like to be Plattsmith and be a three <laughs> yeah so man uh, i think beddington definitely they've been bar- far and away um the best team in class b this season they've earned uh that number one seed and that if seeds hold, that could make for a spectacular semifinal on the other side of the bracket. Yeah, w- you could a be taken out of roar and Plats. Yeah, right for, <laughs> and and you
0: look at Bennington. I mean, McCut, excuse me, McCook, and then the winner of of Northwestern Waverly, right? Yeah, um, doesn't really scare you. I don't see much at the top half that really derails Bennington. Um, not at all, not even if I kind of squint and, and stretch it,
1: yeah. Um, I honestly, that second round matchup might be tougher than their third if, uh, um, with the winner of Waverly and GI Northwest, yeah. And because I, I was there at Waverly Elkhorn, and Elkhorn somehow pulled that out at the very end, and that was without Cole I'm, Murray, yeah. And I'm kind of missing that. Is that the safety difference? What or was that, that? Was a 14 13, um, oh, this touchdown, yeah, the late, late, and they yeah. went for two, I um. That. So, uh, yeah, so that I think that that'll be a pretty scrappy game. But um, beyond that, yeah, I think you're looking at Elkhorn is the four seed there. And we, we talked about they've got championship. Some of those guys um, have some championship experience. But um, yeah, I think you got to feel good. Like just we talked about the, the leaders in class. Uh, a, you look at passing leader, Bennington, rushing leader, Bennington. Receiving leader, Bennington. So, you got the most productive quarterback, running back, and receiver uh, in your class. You're probably a pretty good offense.
0: Yeah, and although, and I know you're just talking about bulk and volume of weapons. The running back race was was extremely interesting because as we talked about last week, the stats are so comparable.
1: Yeah, and... Mastick uh, kind of pulled ahead at at the end there with a, a, another huge game. He ran for two fifty four and three scores last week. So Mastick finished with two hundred thirty four carries for two thousand two hundred thirty yards and thirty three touchdowns. It's two hundred forty eight yards a game, nine and a half yards a carry, which is absurd. Christian Menessis, two hundred thirty three carries for two thousand seventeen yards and thirty touchdowns, two hundred twenty four a game, eight point seven yards a carry. So eerie. <laughs> And, man, we, we talked about those senior backs. Sebastian Boyle at Scottsbluff, he's a guy that we're going to be talking about next year for sure. Yeah, he's, just a junior, right? He's had a monster year. Uh, Collazo, um, Carlos Collazo there. Um, Found a way to keep them in it. That's He's by far and away the most consistent piece of that offense. And then Rashad Madden, uh, rounding out the top five, in just six games played, he averaged 9.6 yards a carry and almost 200 yards a game. And, again, he missed a few games. So. We talked about him last week setting setting that the Class B record, but um, I just feel bad that he wasn't able to kind of be a bigger, uh, be in the spotlight a little bit more than he was, just because of the the way Ralston's seasons have gone. The last few years have always been there, but he is a, a special player for sure. Do you have a dark horse in B? Uh, I i i i don't uh just three, three, three horse race in your opinion with bennington plattsmith and aurora i think so yes um i i just bennington is so complete and we we've seen what aurora can do and what they've been doing recently and plattsmith we we'll, n- we'll talk to cam yeah about
0: bennington on friday i'll be he's so enthusiastic and energetic and and, and creative, you're right? kind of one of those young whippersnappers. It's easy to see why Bennington plays the way that they do.
1: Yeah, and Elkhorn, again, the four seed at 8-1. Good 33-13 win against Scott to close out the regular season. I think they're a really good football team. I just don't know if they've got as much top-end talent as any of those top three teams.
0: Let me ask you something, because I can pull myself out of the equation in terms of objectivity. I, I, I've seen a lot of forecasts, talked to a lot of people that cover this deal. Most people assume... In a Millard South-Bellevue West showdown, is it possible for a two-seed, an undefeated two-seed, to be a dark horse? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I think so. and uh, You've seen both Bellevue West and Westside. And I think part of it is because you didn't get to, to have that other. We've we seen the Bellevue West against... Uh, Millard South. Uh, We've seen kind of where they stack up and where they needed to improve and you feel like they did get better down the stretch. Westside, you guys took care of business. You had your tougher games early on uh, as opposed to late. So when you close out... I mean, it's weird,
0: right? Because Creighton Prep was never in that game. Yeah. Right, like... At, at no point were you like, oh, okay, we, West Side feels threatened.
1: And that's the thing. Like, y- your best win comes right out the gates, right, at the start of the season. So when that happens and you close out the the season with a forfeit and a couple of uh, games against kind of um, the bottom-tier teams, not you don't get talked about as much. Mm-hmm. But we've seen kind of some of the changes you guys have made throughout the season. You're probably healthier now than you have been at any point no the entire season. So there, there's no doubt that. Uh, the West Side is going to have a, a lot to say about who ends up in, in that state title game.
0: Yeah, going to be really interesting because that second round matchup,
1: man, the two, three, and both A and B, <laughs> man, <laughs> that's going to well, be some tough choices. One I, at a time. Yeah. I just I had to get
0: a, a neutral third party's yeah. uh, opinion. Man, that's a, a heck of a show. Man, we try to give you the full gamut. The buffet is huge. It is all you can eat when I'm with my man, Jacob Padilla. This is the Nebraska Preps postgame. We'll be back next week. We'll be previewing round two. What kind of mood will Coach Benning be in? (laughs) Will we we have gotten past the Papua South Titans? See, that's the cool thing about you. You don't have any real skin in the game. You just get to be a good observer that takes a ton of good stats and knows a lot of people. (laughs) Not a bad way to be.
1: Hey, Good luck uh, tackling Devin Jones this week.
0: Yeah, I know. He's a handful. (laughs) Believe me. (laughs) <laughs> All eyes on Devin Jones from the Papio South Titans. Back next week, that's Nebraska Preps Post Games. That's Jacob Padilla. on am ODB. Don't you miss it.
1: Nebraska Preps Post Game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla.